people of Payne County and the world. You have come. You have come to us. You are listening to the Pastors of Pain, a weekly radio show and podcast uh, done by done by us. <laughs> we are the pastors of the two. There's two Catholic churches in Stillwater, Oklahoma. One is called St. John Catholic Student Center, <laughs> and it is pastored. Did we say that? Pastored? Uh, shepherd? Shepherded? Shep- led by uh-huh. uh, Father Kerry Wakulich. And I'm Father Brian O'Brien. I'm the pastor of St. Francis Xavier Catholic Church on the west side of Stillwater. We are, uh, Father Kerry serves the students of Oklahoma State University. Uh-huh. And then I get everyone else. You do. Get and I love them. them. I love you them. Get every, you do. Um, so we, we do this show every week and we talk about different things. Last show we talked about uh, oh, so long what ago. was going on in our year. 20, oh, yes. Yeah, what's coming up in the um, year ahead. Things you're going to stop doing in the rectory and things I'm going to start things doing. I'm going to start doing more heavy metal. Oh, Oh, in the Iron early Maiden? mornings. No Judas Priest. I don't like those guys. Quiet Riot. Mo- more Metallica. What? Motley Crue. Ooh, yes. Um, then wh- one of the things we do. So we've been doing this A thousand episodes. I've now officially been here four years. By the way, what? As of last week. Well, congratulations. So we started in the spring when I first got here. You had been here for a year. I I came a year after you. We started this podcast to kind of talk about things, sort of two goals. One, kind of a way to reach people yeah. between mm-hmm. Sundays. Correct. But then also to talk about subjects, not that, I don't think there's anything in a homily that's like off limits. No, not but, my But I also think there's things <laughs> like in a Sunday homily, I, I try to, uh, in my Sunday homily, not to sort of all right, I've got this beef with this one group of people <laughs> or, I'm gonna lay or, on them. or something like, here's something that kids really need to know. So I'm going to put it in my Sunday homily. Well, but in, when I'm preaching on a Sunday, there's people of all ages. And, and so it's, it's not something we can kind of get at specifically. So the podcast is a venue in which uh, Father Kerry and I can talk about subjects that that, that might not be best suited for, you know, for a Sunday homily. So we've talked about the commandments. We've talked about, uh, well, we've talked about a lot of things. We've done a hundred. Oh, you've done a lot. I don't know, a hundred and. You go with the commandments. I, we've I talked just, about the commandments. What else have we talked about? Prayer. Prayer. Uh, the beauty of baptism. Yeah, we different sacraments. About how to read the Bible. And, you know, things going on in our parishes. We've had guests on. Well, today, I think, so we, we're we coming up on, uh, I'll just say this, over Christmas break, lots of people get engaged. Oh, don't they? Yeah. So what happens Put is more, more, a little more you than me, but, but these engagements happen, like people are, you know, in college and- and now, so now they're engaged. Will you marry yeah. me? Yes. Okay. We've reached a new level, a new stage in the relationship. It's weird when you look in the mirror and say that, O'Brien. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot marry yourself, despite what the world tells you. Uh, so people, a lot of people are engaged. A lot of people are getting married. Um, mm-hmm. Father Kerry and I both, in our combined 25 years of priestly service in the Diocese of Tulsa, 
Uh, you're in year 11. I'm in year 15. Uh-huh. Yep. We do a lot of weddings. I do. I do. And it's beautiful. I do a thousand percent more weddings than I do funerals. <laughs> that, is, that is true. <laughs> but yep. there are a lot of weddings. We do a lot of weddings. Yeah. Um, I just, I mean, I have 700 college students and we do probably... 13, yeah, so on the books, on the books right now, like with wedding dates, how many? What? How many? I probably, I think there's thirteen. Yeah, and I probably have ten. Yeah. Um, and so that's a, that's that's forty six people currently, not including you know the probably hundred people from last year, right? And if. We believe that marriage is really important, which we do. If we believe that the oh, family yeah. is the cell of society, uh-huh. as I think St. John Paul II said. And Aristotle said that. Is he? Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, on, the, on the importance of this, uh, the family and the city-state. Marriage is really, really important. It's really, really important. So I think we should talk about marriage, but we're going to get very specific on ooh, marriage. Ooh, come but on. I think we should start with just a basic question. I'm going to ask you, Father Kerry. Yes, please. This basic question. What is marriage? Oh, oh, I, I have it. You know what? I love uh, uh, Sister Esther Mary, who was my uh, one of my professors in seminary. Yes, a religious sister taught me this. She, and she would dive into the, the, the prayers and what, the... Re- I'm going to back up. Uh-huh. What what business do you have talking about marriage? Oh, well, um, my, my parents are married. Check. All right. I have lots of friends that are married. Yeah. Check. And uh, I know something uh, uh, about marriage that... That most people don't know. Now, do I, I, I mean, I could talk to people about cancer. Like I, I've sat in rooms with people, but you're I'm not, not an cancer. expert. On I'm not cancer. an expert on cancer, but I've, I've sat in the rooms talking to people. Yeah. They're like, you're a celibate guy. What are, do I know yeah, what I'm talking about cancer? Married. What do you know and about I, marriage? And I, and I say, well, I've studied this and I've spent a lot of time with people and I know what, I know what the beauty of marriage is and I know what works and what don't work. I mean, like if you build a bridge, like we're building this church, if you build the wall forms and the foundation incorrectly, the weight of the building Ooh, will collapse. Good like, analogy. Like there's these cold form steel beams that are being built to hold the brick walls up of the church. And if you do them incorrectly, the, the metal will um, at the cold form base where it's being welded together and putting being put together warn, will collapse warn, and break warn, and the building will fall down. And so, okay. Cool. Okay. So that that's one of those like okay. People always kind of say that. What what business do priests have talking about marriage? But this religious sister of mercy, yeah, who's a nun, tell me about who her. has a PhD, who actually has two PhDs. She taught us. Her, her one of her PhDs is in agronomy, dart stuff. Agronomy. Agronomy. She has a PhD in agronomy and one in like liturgy from Sant'Anselmo or something. Anyway, she taught us uh, about uh, about how to look at the prayers from mass to discover what the church's teaching is. So this, the, the, you know, there's three A, B, and C, these these um, mass settings for a wedding. And my favorite one is this. It's mass setting B. And it goes like this. It says, Oh God, who in creating the human race willed that man and wife should be one. So first of all, it starts with the theology. God created the human race that they should be one, united together. And then it says, Join we pray in an inseparable bond of love. So what is marriage supposed to be? It's supposed to be this couple joined together in an inseparable bond of love with God. 
so that this life of love of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit comes down into this couple and then is like, in like as the Holy Spirit is when we talk about Trinitarian theology, that they are lifted up into the life of the Trinity. That's what, that's what marriage is. But it goes oh, on to say, yes. these, your servants, who are united in the covenant of marriage, so that as you make their love fruitful, they may become by your grace witnesses to caritas, witnesses to love itself. So mar- what is marriage? Marriage is this couple receiving this incredible gift of divine love, being lifted up into this divine love of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, so that as they encounter divine love, then what do they do? They become witnesses to it. Materios. They start to show divine Ooh, love into yes, the world. Yes. And, and who are they supposed to do that to first? They're supposed to do that to each other. Uh, they're supposed to do that to their children. I think it's Plato actually said it about the importance of the family. Plato or Aristotle, one of the two. Um, and they're supposed to witness this divine love, this self-sacrificing love, where St. Paul says in the letter to the Ephesians, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and died for them. And so the, this, yep, so that yep. they, they can then be witnesses of you. it. Okay, so then what else is a couple? So we're still on to? the question, what is marriage? So what yeah. else is a couple? Then it says... Um, in the in the nuptial blessing, which is so important for the wedding, like in the Eastern Catholic Church, the nuptial blessing is the heart of the sacrament, the blessing of the couple in the Byzantine Church, and it's a this that this couple would be, as it says in this, following the example of the holy women whose praises are sung in the scriptures, like they are supposed to emulate the saints. Of salvation history emulate the yes. saints and the holy people of the scriptures yep. so to live out this covenant bond of marriage which is the story of scripture if you go back to the story of scripture that we yeah, talked the bible about, is a wedding is, is, is a marriage yeah, is about marriage genesis to the book of revelation all of it is about marriage. marriage but then it says husbands entrust his heart to her yeah may his husband may her husband entrust his, his heart, heart to her. her so that acknowledging her as his equal and his joint heir in the life of grace, he may show her due honor and cherish her always as a love that Christ has for the church. So now the husband is supposed to be a model for the family and for his spouse of Jesus Christ, who died for his bride. And lastly, well, you know, what is marriage? What is, what is marriage? Uh, I, I love this line from A, from the uh, opening prayer, uh, established for the increasing of the human race. Yep. Like the human race is growing. And then as this human race is coming into existence, it, it says after that, that, that they're becoming children of God. Like you're going to baptize them, bring them up to the life of the sacraments so that they can live and breathe as children of God. What is marriage? Well, Ooh, that's yeah. it. Now, and what is it? And what is its purpose? We would say, I think we talked about this. To bring ago, each other so, to heaven. So you, that it's unitive. It brings the couple together. Uh-huh. And and procreative, it it that 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 marriage can yep. then bring about increasing the human an race. increase in the human race. Yep, and then in the end, they're they're going to bring each other into sainthood. Now every day, they're going to help each other become saints. Now and in the kingdom of God. Fo-e-ba. All right, so that's what marriage is all about. So then, a pastoral concern oh. or a pastoral you know kind of thing that we see. Um, oh, let me guess is. Well, there's a lot of them. I mean, there's a lot of 
Think oh. about the marriages in your life. If bed you're your own, your own marriage. Bed, pastoral concern. Your own <laughs> bed, your, bed wedding. Your <laughs> own marriage or marriages that you know. Right. You look around and you think, gosh, these the marriages in my life are, these are the problems in them. So, you know, problems in marriage can be financial. They can be sexual. They can be um, a lot of couples with, you know, kind of communication, uh-huh. um, different interests, um, children and kind Parents, of the, the kind of the work the, the issues that children can bring the beauty and um yeah your own your work people are working too much um your in-laws Ooh. as a friend of mine uh, recently uh said to me uh father my marriage my marriage is crowded <laughs> and what he was referring to was his in-laws oh boy um who are you know, he, he loves his wife and and loves his in-laws, but his in-laws are around. It's crowded. A lot. He said, my, my marriage is crowded. Yeah. Okay. But one issue that we see um, frequently or that's kind of out there. I don't see... You don't, what see, it as, you don't see it as much, but you see it. You see uh, it. I, I have to warn students of it. You and this it. is why I ask them to and, get... Yeah. yeah. So here's the issue is, or the question is... Should or can couples live together before they're married? And the answer is we would call it the word the word that that I don't know sociologists would use. They call it cohabitation. Uh uh-uh. uh To co yeah, yeah. to cohabit. That's right. Yeah. To live under the same roof. And I, I mean, like I love stats. Strictly speaking, married people are cohabiting. I, I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they are. They live in the, the same. We're talking about cohabitation before before marriage. marriage. I, I love stats, and like I love football stats and baseball stats and i love when i find out this thing works and this thing doesn't you build a bridge (laughs) you know you build a bridge and it doesn't flex the right amount then what does it do it causes cars to bounce on the road or the bridge collapses and so we the the stats are so important because right now the divorce rate's like 52 percent now the research that is out there says 75% of people who live together before they're married get divorced in under five years. And I have found that stat to be pretty darn spot yeah. on. It's spot on. I mean, 75% of people who live together get divorced in under five years. That's the stat. And then you go out and do the research and you find out, Oh my gosh, it works. And where does that come from? Uh, you know, it was in 2012, this article, like sometimes I, I don't read the New York Times all that because they charge you money to read it. But I, I did come up, I did come upon this in 2012. You know, there's a lot of things you do that where you, that you do pay for, you know. I, I know, but if usually if I, I don't. There's this girl named Meg J. Meg J wrote an op-ed article in the New York Times and opinion section. April 14th, 2021, called The Downside. April of 2021? Sorry. Oh, April 14th, that's recent. 2012. That's very recent. 2012. Oh, 2012. Okay. Yeah, and she's a therapist. That's not so recent. Yeah. Uh, she's a therapist. And she, her, the article is called The Downside of Cohabitating Before Marriage. And I was shocked by this because I was like, a downside? And I was like, okay, this is a clinical psychologist at the University of Virginia. And she wrote this this book, the author of Defining a Decade, Why Your 20s Matter and How to Make the Most of Them. And so this article is so good because it comes from a secular perspective of 
people in their 20s who are getting married and then within um, 6 to 18 months are getting divorced. And she's asking the question like, why? Why, why, why? why?" And as a clinical psychologist, she is doing the research and that's what they did. You read the article and it talks about the research that they did and the sort of conversations they had. And and what, I mean, mean, the, the... the proof. <laughs> the proof. Yeah, so that. there's real. Yeah, and these are not. These are. This is not. You know, the New York Times is not. Uh, it's not a Trump it's, newspaper. It's, well, it's also not where I go for Catholic news. No. Um, <laughs> and in fact, on you know, I mean, I would you know, on a lot of Catholic things, they get it you know totally wrong, wrong or half wrong or. Um. So so I think it's important. You know. I'm so I'm looking at. Uh, I just printed out knowing we were going to kind of hit on this. I wrote. Uh. This is from the Atlantic. Uh, so the, the, the article is called, so is living together before marriage linked to divorce or what? Or what? And it says why the, the subtitle is why researchers can't agree after decades of studies. So there is, you know, there, there is some qu- kind of open question in the study, um, but there's a lot of evidence that mm-hmm. you just noted in that New York times article and others. Um, I'm looking at one from psychology today that says are couples that live together before marriage more likely to divorce. Um, and this article says, you know, I mean, we're putting it sort of simply here in our little simple way. Uh-huh. Um, you know, yes, yes. You um, but so what's interesting, and I think this is worth thinking about, because I, I think most people, the conventional wisdom would say, well, no, of course it doesn't. Because living living together before you're married would would has to be good. Why, why would it? Why would they think it has to be? I good? think it has to be because you're. Well, we're already engaged. Uh huh. We're you're already going to get so, married. So why not? So why not? Together? Yeah. Why not? Okay. Why? If we but, and we love each other. But prior to, yeah, I want to say, date, what about dating? What about dating? What do you mean? Two people are dating. Uh huh. And they're like, they they move in together. Yeah, I mean, I I, and they're on the direction to get married. Right, because that's what dating is. Yeah, I think a lot of that. I mean, I, I know people do that. Um, I think people use it as a like, it's like a tryout. Right. Look, I if I'm going to spend the rest of my life with this person, um, I think let's move in together and kind of try try it out. Mm-hmm. Um, as I heard, I heard one person say one time, it's a little uh, a little simplistic, but like let's play house. Uh huh. Um, and, and, and sort of try each other out. Let me, I want to see before I commit to my life to you, let me, you know, before I eat this whole steak, let me, let me just take a bite. Right. I think that's, okay. that's in people's minds. I want to try this out before I make this long-term commitment. That's where I think people are coming from. That's where you, you think they're coming from. I, 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 I just a couple of them is one is people want. Cheap insurance, uh, cheap rent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're it's like, also, okay, yeah. whoa. Uh, economically, uh, yes. economically, they're like, well, like we're already dating, so let's just move in together. And, and the or, or the other one is, oh, we're moving to the same town, and we're going to get married eventually. So let's just, we're both moving to Dallas, Fort Worth. Rent's really expensive. Yeah, rather than you get an apartment, I get an apartment. Let's right. just get an apartment. Let's just get an apartment. Let's get and move one. in. And they think that like, oh. Well, just because of cheap rent, it's going to be all right. We're gonna we're gonna be great. We're gonna figure this stuff out. Uh, we'll just we'll we're going in the direction of marriage anyway. 
And I think that time after college, they start having really serious conversations. And they're there, they're in their apartment, and they realize they can't go home. Like, they just can't yes. leave. You can't, yep. like, well, you know what? The heck with you. Yeah, I'm I think it's here. one of the negatives is it creates it creates a bond that's hard to... I think it's, it can be one of the dangers of, like, even, like, of getting engaged. Like, when people get engaged and then they, they post it to Facebook and they send out save the dates, what happens when you get... If you start getting a little cold feet or uh-huh. you want to back out, I think your freedom is your your freedom is um, compromised, compromised, damaged because, oh, man, I, I mean, I don't really want to marry him, but dang it. Everyone's already made their flights. Yes. That's I can't. Right. Uh, we've already put the deposit down on the band. Yes. Um, well, we're already. Oh, my gosh. We've already lived together. I mean, we've lived together for two years. And we were probably, you know, sexually active, like, I guess, I don't know, we kind of have to. I guess, I guess we get married now. Right. Eh, eh. Right. And uh, I, you just, you just mentioned like what, what happens this is about to get PG-13. What happens in a cohabitating house is that people are sexually active. Yep. And so there's a, there's a different bond psychologically that occurs. Especially for women. For women rather than yep. men. Yeah. And so. But both, but for yeah. yeah. And and so, you know, you can read the psychological psychological journals about that sort of physical intimacy that takes place that's bound to the woman and less to the man, but both in a way. And so, like, one person is bound to this relationship and the other person is getting out. Uh, and so, physically, they're going different directions. Emotionally, they're going different directions. Psychologically, they're going different directions. And one person is trying to hold on. And the other person is like, I'm out of here. And, and so here. that also then creates what is, I, I think, as Miss May said, May, is that what is her name? The New York Times article. Uh-huh. She She's saying like, as these people are coming in for therapy, they're, they're wounded now. They're hurt yep. on the, in the depths of their heart because this other person now has, they've entered into this marriage and now they've like said, I don't like you. I don't want anything to do with you. And that would have been a lot better when you had not already bound yourself to this person, both physically, emotionally, and psychologically, and financially. One of the, a really good resource um, is written by uh, our very own bishop. Condrela? Um, so before our bishop was our bishop, he was a priest in the Diocese of Austin. And he was, uh, he did a lot of things like Father Carey. Um he was the priest on a college campus. So he was at Texas A&M University, Gigum. Um, and he wrote an article in 1999, 1999, wow. before all of your college students were born. I was in Korea that year. You were there. I was teaching. Uh, I was teaching at Bishop Kelly High School. Go Comets. Is this, is this b- before um, you had enough scholarship players to play in a football bowl game? What? I'm sorry. I was. I had to slip that one out there for Texas A&M because. Oh. <laughs> Ouch. Is that the so, same year? 1999, and he. So he wrote this article in a. In a. There's a magazine called Homiletic and Pastoral Review, which is like for. It's it's a lot for priests and people who kind of work in the church. Don't but anyway, so he wrote this article called Marriage Preparation with Cohabiting Couples. It's very interesting. I'm going to read a little excerpt. Please tell me what you think. Entertain us. He said, "I quickly became troubled because many couples were already living together. I felt between the rock." 
of wanting to help them form a firm foundation for their marriage and the hard place of fearing that if I confronted them, they might leave the church altogether. What most confused me was how it came to be that I was the bad guy. Here I was working hard and doing what I was ordained to do, and all a couple had to do was call me on the phone and ask me to witness their marriage, and if I questioned them about living together, I was the bad guy. The question in my mind is this, why are couples free to follow whatever truth they want and make whatever decisions they want, even when they contradict the faith and teaching of the church, but priests are not free to follow the faith (laughs) and teaching of the church and are cast in the role of pastorally insensitive bad guys if we question their decisions? Pastorally insensitive bad guys if we question their decisions. Yeah. You know, the... So how do you address, uh, talk to couples about this? Because I don't, I don't get a lot of opportunities to do this because they're typically dating when I get there. Yeah, you get to know them. Yeah. They want to get married the summer they graduate. Yeah. So, so here's what I do. I, I, I think I take a less, um, I don't know, confrontational approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we talk about it. It's it's discouraged. Uh, I also, I kind of look at it, and may, and maybe I'm wrong on this, you know, but I kind of look at it as, let's let's meet them where they are, and let's and let and let's work together. Let's kind of keep at it, um, as opposed to. So, for example, I know a priest who, when you know they're kind of in that first meeting, and he, you know he kind of you know, hey, okay, have you ever been married before? No. Okay. Uh, when, you know, when are you planning to get married? Okay. Um, you know, like, what's your living situation? And they say, oh, you know, we're living, we're living together. Um, and he kind of, well, he'll pause and, and look at them and say, okay, you know, I, I get that. And you're obviously you're kind of free to do that. But he said, but I now, I, I need you to know that I now need to treat you as a high risk couple. <laughs> now, what that does, and he's reported back to me on numerous occasions, in some cases, like, the couple is like, wait, what? Like, what do you mean? And he gets a chance to explain kind of a lot of the things, the statistics right. that we've been talking about. And in other cases, they say, uh, okay, we're, like, we're leaving. <laughs> like, goodbye. Um, are, is there another priest at this church that we could talk to? Like, you know. So it kind of comes across, um, I'm more on the... I don't know. Less, I would say, on the less confrontational side. Uh, but I've and I've been criticized for that. Like I've had couples in 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 the parish or you know in other places who say you need to, you know, be real upfront. You need to be like the the priest I was talking about, not so kind of meet them where they are. Yeah, my mine is I you know I I do I I sort of go through some fun stuff with them. To get them, like, we're friends. I find out, okay. Yeah, yeah. You definitely got to build a relationship. We build the relationship, not the, you know, it's not the first day. And then as we're going through and sort of planning stuff out uh, for marriage preparation, I will bring out the stats. And I say, you know what? Like, previously as a life as an engineer, there are things that work and there are things that don't work. And let me tell you, do you want to be married the rest of your life? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and they do. And they really so, do. And we talk about the theology really and the beauty of marriage. And I say, okay, this is what we're going to do. And at some point in time, like if they're living together and they don't have the means to separate, I'll ask the guy to like, uh, I'll, we'll start talking about sleeping on the couch. We'll like make a bed on the yep. floor, yep. like out in the living room. And dudes are like, they there, there's this 
stirring in them for this challenge. Like, yes, uh, I want to prepare myself for my my bride. I want to prepare myself for uh, for the kingdom of God. So marriage preparation is also evangelization. It's sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, who loves them so much, wants to help them increase the human race and be witnesses of divine love. Be partakers of God's very divine nature. Not just like, oh, I'm just going to do this civil thing and then I'm going to run into stuff. But I think it's worth some, it's, it's something worth talking about. Um, that, I mean, obviously among, among priests, but among, but among couples. Um, so, you, you know, you're, you're out there, you're dating, you're engaged. Um, is, this, is this the best thing? Is this uh, what, yeah. I mean, we, yeah. we do this in our parishes all the time. Is this what God wants? Like, do, does, does, am I following God's will? And I think we would say, if, if, the, if the question is, you know, should we live together before marriage? Um, we would say both kind of sociologically, statistically, mm-hmm. it's a, that it's a bad idea. Theologically, it's, it's a bad idea. The odds are not in your favor. Yes. So understanding <laughs> that the reasons why the culture says, you know, do it. It's no big deal. Fine. No, no problem. That the church in her wisdom really has something important to say on both marriage preparation and and this is a big part of that you know are you kind of playing like you're married pretending that you're married without being married and is that really a good thing i i love the marriage of science and the church today oh we're not afraid of it no there's some beautiful stuff here all right well we're gonna go now whoa that's it that's it whoa sorry man okay okay have a great week and uh, pray for holy and happy marriages especially right here in Payne county Woo-hoo. see ya peace